Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On Gidea, the Monday means test with Wayne Hawks. Oh, we still haven't got that open and fixed. We'll have to get that Sounds fixed straight. Good to me. Yeah, we'll have good to get morning. that fixed straight away. Wayne Hawks joins us for the means test. Hello, Hawksy. Morning. How are you? You're great, mate. Has joined us once again. He's like he's been flying all over the world. I said, "Can you come on this week, Johnny? I'm a little bit busy. Um, um, I've got Johnny to, who? Got to get the sales done. Um, I think he had an eye operation. He's never looked better. Botox once again and." Um, he, he joins okay. us Hang once on. again. What's, 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 the, what's the? You what's should get coming? Botox. Hello, Johnny. O'Neil. Hello, mate, and very nice to be back. I will say that I had to get a little one of those basal cell things cut out of the bottom of my eye. Yes. And uh, the amazing thing was that my beautiful partner Joanne said to me, "Well, while you're there, why don't you just do a little bit?" G-rated, G-rated. And I did say, "What I'm trying to do is keep it even for everyone else. I've yes. got to have a few marks on the face because if I didn't, it wouldn't be fair for." For all no. the other blokes. Well, Botox, Botox is all right. Like, well, I haven't had that. Haven't you? Gareth, no, I've never had you it. you serious? No, no, I never have had it. You a, look 35. So what did you have? What did you have? I had one of those basal cell carcinoma things on the bottom of my eyelid right. from sort of 50 plus years laying in the sun without any sunscreen. So anybody yeah. who's out there doing that, go and get your skin checks because it's pretty uh, It's pretty important. You get pretty crook. I used to do uh, After Last with Shane Anderson. And I had a couple of uh, skin cancers cut out. And for people that don't know, when you go on the television, they put a heap of makeup on you so that your face doesn't reflect back in the camera. Yeah. So I a little the... more for you than <laughs> normal people, I would have thought. It wasn't mate. just about the reflection. Yeah, well... <laughs> they put makeup on you. This is my <laughs> story. Shut up. <laughs> so I said, no, no, don't make up around it. Just leave it. And I took, I took the, uh, I took the uh, band aids or the, you know, off. And I went on with Shane, and Shane obviously opened and said, well, it wasn't, did a close-up. And I said, well, skin cancer, da-da-da-da, kid growing up in Adelaide, uh, you know, shirt off, rah-rah, fair skin. Later that week, a woman sent an email to Shane Anderson because I said, whatever you do, get off your backside and get out there and do it. Yep. A woman sends it to Shane Anderson about two weeks later, I think it was, and said, uh, I owe my life to Wayne Hawks, which is a bit dramatic, but that's what the email said. I got off the couch, like he said. I went and got tested. I had the worst melanoma, you know, you've ever seen in the history of history. And the doctor said you were, it was days. Yeah. Well, you I know, think we've know. got to do so, it, So, you know what? Don't matter who you are, what you are, we need to get out there. And uh, I'm actually due again. Yeah. COVID stuffed a lot up. But you know what? You don't think it's much until you uh, have some of this stuff done. And, uh, gee, it, uh, it scares you. Yeah. certainly does. Well said. It's not does. just uh, the skin cancers. It's check your prostate and also um, bowel cancer as well. Um, I've had a lot of mates that have... Got the early checks there and they've been lucky um, with the bowel cancer testing. So, um, yep, do all of the right things. 0499 736 736. The King's Gambit, I'll start off with a statement. And um, Henry Field and the brand that he's been able to establish with Newgate Farm, Hawks, he got it wrong. They were the leading vendor once again, defeating <laughs> Arrowfield. 
at the Magic Million it's sale like there last week. I got it wrong. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, you were pretty adamant that um, I Johnny Massaro would win the aggregate yeah. of the Magic Millions, and I was wrong. But I told the, you that last week. 100%. But Arrowfield have had success on the track, Miss Finland, but it's been a while since they've had success, say, on the track. Um, Arrowfield? Arrowfield. Oh, okay. I thought I'd train yearning to a thousand guineas winning their colours. Correct. Anyway, move on. No, I'm before saying. You, before you dig your hole any deeper. No, I'm not saying, but like. What was that good filly of Gerald Ryan's? Mallory won a couple of group races. I think stop we bought the Totsu off him. Stop. Yeah. Oh, stop Sorry. it. <laughs> Gareth. But they, Gareth. That was but, Gareth. They, Gareth, they, they didn't own that horse, Johnny. No, they did not. Do you see the China bloodstock and Newgate farm colours a lot these days? We do. They've got the best two-year-olds. They've got Don um, Corleone that was rated through the roof. They they, they put a syndicate together and they're buying two dozen colts annually. John Asara's not buying two dozen colts annually. He's buying zero colts. One last year, I think he bought. One colt last year. You can't compare them. No, I'm not what I'm saying, but Newgate Farm are starting to really be a powerhouse in this country. Yes, they are. Because they're getting results now on the track. They are. But that's that's not breeding. That's buying yearlings. So they're becoming the complete package in a way. And I think Arrowfield are the leaders. I, I, so think, I think you're d- digging yourself out of a hole quite well. So what's your point? I'm saying what's that your Newgate point? Farm could be the biggest brand in Australian racing. Are they going to be our new sponsors? Um, hopefully. Um, in the <laughs> well, next you're trying two hard, or no? three years. <laughs> Do you agree, Johnny? Look, all I will say is... I, They've I got spent, King's Gambit, uh, of course. Yeah, I spent a week or so up at the Magic Millions, yep. as you would have, Wayne. And... Uh, Watching Wayne and uh, and his brother and his old man go through their process up there was uh, was very interesting for me just to see the attention to detail. You would imagine they've been very successful for a long time, and I spent a lot of time with Kieran and David as well and Will Bourne, and uh, exactly the same the the amount of work that goes through. I will say that the quality of horses, uh, the whole event this year, I thought was again wonderfully run. I thought it was a fantastic sort of four or five days. And I think you are right. I mean, Newgate have done a wonderful job. The most important thing is, though, to get the support with those big cult syndicates because that's where all the money is, right? There's no doubt about that. And I have to say, I know you bought a couple of nice horses um, up there, Wayne. We we bought a few too. It's bloody hard to beat them, mate. Like those those big syndicates, Coolmore are jumping in behind them as well now and obviously China Horse Club. and James Heron. James Heron. So... It's difficult. We're on a couple of nice horses, and we just got blown out of the water, unfortunately. Yeah, well, sometimes you don't even get a bid. Yeah, true. <laughs> there was one there true. on the uh, two weeks ago where uh, I think it made eight hundred and uh, did not even get a bid. But you know, no point bidding if you're not going to buy it. But well, no, they're certainly uh, it's they're certainly hard to beat. And I suppose the difference between twenty five years ago to today is that they would have all been individual people having a crack. Whereas what they've done is they've joined forces yeah. and they've uh, they've really had a, they're having a go. So what they're doing is they're pulling their money together, probably buying three times the amount of horses and taking a smaller percentages and having more um, chances in the lottery. So John Massar has been the king of the breeding game for decades. Their record speaks for itself. And you make that interesting point. So they've, of course, Snitzel. Um, Redutes. He, Redutes. He's had some of the all-time great Stallions um, stand there at Arrowfield. So why don't Arrowfield purchase Colts anymore at the sales? Well, I suppose they haven't. Uh, they he, he hasn't had to. I, 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 th- I think the next good horse going to go to the next level because he had so many good yearlings last year. Is done deal, and okay. the, the done deal two year olds out this year. I think last year's crop was uh, was quite amazing for done deal. So there was. Half a dozen there, I thought, were just absolute cracker cracker japs. So I agree. They're not two. They're not really two year olds. So you're gonna have to wait another twelve months for them. But the difference is, when it, when when a stallion starts going to the next level, you don't see his better bred 
yearlings come through for about three or four years. Yeah. Because he has a, you know, you, you have you have a great spring and people have missed this year, so they're going next year, which is now this year. You're talking you're talking four years before the next lot of done deals will be out there. So, done deal I reckon is going to go to that uh, that next level. Oh four double nine seven three six seven three six to join our conversation. Oh four double nine seven three six seven three six. Pick your brain here, Johnny. Um, you've had so much success purchasing tried horses. What's a better business model? Um, buying tried horses or having a crack at the yearlings? I think that's a really interesting comment. I mean, we've had a lot of luck with the tried horses, but also a lot of luck with yearlings. So um, we try to keep the mix open um, and we work really closely with with the trainers to come up with the best solutions. But, you know, it, it is high risk. But having said that, the prize money for young horses and developing these young horses is significant. Mm-hmm. Um when you are buying those international horses, they've got to come and settle. And we've seen a lot of it. You know, as I said, we've had a lot of luck. We've bought a lot of horses, Gareth. And if you have a look at the models of Australian bloodstock and some of those other guys, they buy probably 25 or 30, 35 a year. Um, and one or two of them get to the elite level. So a um, lot, lot, of, lot of money is being spent now on the, uh, the tried horses because you can buy a horse in May and it can run later on. Yeah, one I'm of our, one of our one, without button in there. One yeah. of our greatest problems we have in Australian racing is since the, since the death of Zabiel in New Zealand, we haven't had, we haven't got a proper proper staying horse that's a, that's a top class stallion. And if you if you said to me you've got unlimited, go and buy your next stallion yearlings of staying horses, I wouldn't know where to go. Yeah, we're we're light on, so you guys have to go and buy the European horses and. But the money that's getting spent on them, that, that wouldn't all equate back to a yearling sale because plenty of people have gone into a tried horse knowing that the Melbourne Cup's later this year and I'm going to front up. Whereas buying a yearling and gelding it and leaving it alone and take three or four years to find out yeah, it might be slow. That's a, and certainly the point you make with Dundeal, I mean, I think he's got hold of some unbelievable mares. And yeah. I think you're right. The types are really starting to, to come through. Um, going on from the John Massara comment, um, I think maybe John did he get written tycoon this year? If not, a lot of his last mares, year. Last well, year, I've got to tell you, I've got to tell you, the quality of the written tycoon horses that came through his draft were unbelievable. Hundred percent, year unbelievable. Um, so, so I think the point is, and Ozzy and I spoke about this, um, you know, up at the sales trying to buy some horses. We loved um, the big cold out of Booklet, the fast horse. It was a, just a beautiful horse. Kieran ended up buying it. Booker, out of Booker. That, uh, sorry, that's a Booker, yeah. Booker. So it was, look, two and a half million. Yeah. We paid $2 million for um, Sir Dragon yeah. well, he, he won a Cox, Cox plate. plate three yeah. weeks after we got him here. So this is the challenge. It's cold lottery, isn't it, in a way? Well, it's look, a, it is. But I think if you're buying the, 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 the right types out of the right farms and, and you can work through the process, you give yourself every opportunity. Yeah. I mean, everyone was saying that this year it might have been a little bit quieter and maybe things will get a bit tougher. <laughs> well, I can tell you, like no. sales, I don't know whether it's um, the passion that, that gets around those sales and people or that the get egos. pumped up or the egos, maybe. But like we got blown out of the water a couple of times. Bit of Beautiful colt we saw there for sort of one or one and a half million and sort of Karen thought we'd have to go to eight or nine hundred. Well, you're still playing at one point. Two five. It's like it was crazy mm. money in the end. So we got blown out of the water. Probably, probably just to go from that with the two and a half million dollar Booker Colt. They're the ones that are expensive. The top, those top end Colts, they are. But they never were any good. When was a lot? Like I think the Coolmore, Coolmore's Coolmore winner, um, Coolmore's Home Affairs. Coolmore. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. probably the latest, last real expensive Colt that has lived up to his price figure. As I really. think the interesting thing though, is that you can go and do all the statistics and, and I'm sure that a lot of people do do that. Um, Ozzy and I were talking about it and he was sort of saying that, look, it's less than 2% of horses above 
one, one and a half million dollars at Winner Station. Why though? Why? Well, these are the points. Do you right? know why? Yeah. Do no, you actually know no, why? No. I'll tell you why. Because yeah. I train these horses. Yeah. And it's probably not the best model because you, you know, barbecue them from the point of injuring them. They just mentally needed to be gelded. And well, that's half that's the problem is yeah. that you won't geld them. And then people just won't geld these horses. Yeah. I mean, imagine buying the Booker Colt. And uh, and him going the wrong way mentally and getting a bit bit frazzled and I'll say it a bit horny and ringing up the boys going boys two and a half uh, just geld them thanks I mean it's yeah. it's a massive massive yeah. uh, bit of pill to swallow but I got to throw my own in Ollie Kirk was a second top price at, at Melbourne Sale and the top price was North Pacific and they both fought out there. How much? Um, Ollie Kirk was six seventy five and North Pacific was eight hundred. Yeah, that's yeah. only. The best, the best, the best one I've had yeah, is all too hard. He he topped the Sydney Easter yeah. Gilling sale, and so he ended up being happen. a twenty-six yeah. million dollar colt. Yeah, but as I said, the reason why it doesn't often is because these colts aren't colts. So you've you've done well. A lot of pressure training these high-priced colts. You purchased another one, or was it a f- you purchased this year? Yeah, the colt. colt. Yeah, I'm one point six five. Um, do you treat them? Differently when they walk no. into the barn? So None. No. None. Just can't, right? Yeah. Well, you know what? Whether you're the strapper, whether you're the track rider, whether you're the vet, the farry, the dentist, the physio, the racehorse trainer, the pre-trainer, the speller, you can't treat it any differently to the $2,000 horse. No. Well, you don't have $2,000 horses yeah. in your I do, when, I do at the end. <laughs> <laughs> they start at 1.6. Yeah. But that is the truth. You um, cannot treat, yeah. treat Chautauqua any different to what you can, the lesser light, because I, we, all, we think... My family think if you start doing that, then there's something that's not uh, not right. right. So would you treat yeah. Winks any better? No, because no. you should treat them all exactly the same. That's why Michael doesn't get treated any differently to you. Oh, <laughs> yes, he does. Uh, <laughs> uh, you just quickly, um, I don't know if this was any of our categories, but the dominance of David Ellis at Karaka. And the Karaka sales start this time next week. I'll be in New Zealand. Um, and looking forward to that. Um, Johnny, you're going to yeah, let me I mean, bid I, on I any? Just, no, it's just, uh, look, we'll probably go down. I know Kieran and David are definitely going to yep. go down. So we'll probably go down for a look. We normally buy a couple every year. It's a great sale. Peter Vella and, and all, all the Vella family, unbelievable down there. Uh, Patria, obviously, I think, heads it up with her sister. Yeah, she's so, back. Yeah, so that's all, that's all good she's news. She's leave for a few, uh, few years. Yeah, I mean, the, the interesting thing with David Ellis is, I mean, what a bloodstock agent he is. Just yeah. what, what an extraordinary horse person he is. I, I don't know him very well. I've met him a couple of times myself briefly in New Zealand, but I think that was seven in a row, seven Correct. Correct. Yeah. And He had seven in, in the race. Yeah. And, and what a, and just quietly, what a, what a run. I mean, the horse got back, it was a great ride by the, the young South African boy and, um, geez, he just weaved his way through and went yeah. whoosh. It was unbelievable. Quite interesting though. David Ellis was sitting on the table next to us at the Magic Millions, and he bought. He was only there for two days, and he was there Tuesday and Wednesday, and left. He bought seven. Now he wouldn't buy two, and he mm. bought seven in two days. So it'll be quite interesting. Why business he, is good? Well, maybe, but he also, but he also doesn't normally buy yeah. that many that quick. Is I haven't looked at the catalogue for Caracas. So is maybe the quality is not quite there at that top end and he needs to, needs to top up. I'm not sure. Um, just quickly, should we have a chat? You're looking after our slot for the quokka. Um, should we have a chat to David about Imperatrice? Maybe. Maybe 1,200 metres. Um, that's an interesting one. We'll talk about that a little later on. Only on the basis that we're not going to send Cool and Gatter. No, that's what she gets first opportunity, <laughs> of course. 80 minutes past 10. Um, the Marine One, they tell and me. And Marine One. Yeah, yeah, nicely. We'll take a quick break on the other side of it. We'll come back. We've got the debate, um, the curiosity, the penalty, um, oh no's, um, the legacy. And we're going to rank our top five well, predictions for the autumn and summer. Who will be this 
this carnival stars coming up. In fact, some of the big names kick off their preparation like a Jackano on Australia Day. This is the means test. The team is back. Johnny O'Neill, Wayne Hawks and Gareth Hall with you on Gideon. Monday's Beans Test here on uh, Giddy Up. John O'Neill, Wayne Hawks, Gareth Hall with you. 0499 736 736 to join our conversation. Let's get into our categories now. The debate, um, and it's been a debate that we've been talking about even when Jared was with us for the Means Test. What should we be doing with the Melbourne Spring Carnival and the Spring Carnival overall? Do we need to push it back? And there's news that Racing Victoria, yes, uh, late last week wanted to um, propose the Cox Plate to move to the latter part of November. Mooney Valley are weighing up um, that at the moment. They're just waiting, I think, on a proposal from Racing Victoria. So Michael Brower can take that proposal to his board. Um, I don't know if we need to move uh, the Cox Plate. I don't even know if we need to move the Spring Carnival back. Oh, I think it's pretty good as it is. That's just my opinion. Johnny O'Neill, your thoughts? Yeah, look, again, I just think we need to get all the trainers. We're going to need to get everyone in a room and have a conversation about it. Well, Kieran um, they'd, they'd be like been... herding cats, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, it probably would be, Hoxie, but you know yourself, mate. Like, at the end of the day, there's there's programs in place for horses, as we were just highlighting. The sales are through the roof. People are investing big amounts of money. So what are you going to do? Start changing processes you know, mid-season. We need to be sitting back and worrying about 2025. What annoys me the most is how many trainers has Mooney Valley contacted? Now, you're not going to be able to contact everyone, but let me tell you, you need to ring the people that are involved in the Cox Plate in the last 10 years, for starters. You need to ring your leading trainers, and you need to get a call. And now the small guy says, oh, what about me? Well, you know what? Maybe you need to ring... The top six trainers in Melbourne, so the top six trainers. Who would you ring? Who, well, you'd ring Chris Waller for starters. My Eustace Correct. That's, so, so hang on, hang on, hang on. You'd get the top six in Sydney and the top six in Melbourne. You'd ring those 12 people individually and say, off the record, your name will never be mentioned. You'll never be quoted. What do you think? I mean, that's what you do. You can't ask 4,000. Now, I spoke to Jared Waitley about this. Obviously, he's not on air, but um, I spoke to him about this last Wednesday morning. And... As he said, this is where the debate has gone out. Yeah. But I still, I don't know the answer, but if they haven't gone to a dozen horse trainers at the top end of their tree, and you know what? Most trainers start from zero, start from one horse. Kieran was a jumps jockey and started with none. So he's worked his way to get to where he's got. They're involved in Cox Place. Now, it's easy to talk about Cox Place, but if you've never been involved... We can always talk about the grand final, but unless you've played, unless you've been there, you can only talk to a certain point of view. Mm. So it would be negligent of them if they haven't, and it would be very interesting to ask a few of the leading trainers, have they been asked? Oh, look, I agree. And I think from a process perspective, and you and I briefly touched on this a couple of weeks ago, G, the racehorse trainers, the assistant trainers, the staff, the amount of work that needs to go in to keep these these races on and the horses competing at the elite level, when do those guys get an opportunity to have a bit of a break, number one? Secondly, when do they get an opportunity to go to all of the stud farms and have a look and prepare themselves for the yearling sales? So if you're going to extend the spring carnival effectively by another month, does that suit the sponsors that are behind the races? There's a lot of, there's a lot of consideration around that. Um, I just think I agree 100% with Hawksy. Let's just get all the people that put the show on in a room 
sit down and make a decision how to plan things out around the country. That would be the Don't logical thing to do. Don't talk about the VJA, the ATA, which get, is the just, Jockeys Association, the, the Owners Association, Trower, the Owners Go and ask the trainers. And Sorry yeah. to butt in, but I'll tell you why. Not one person was there from the clubs at Magic Millions time helping you put bums on seats and get yearlings sold. They love chiming in three deep, these people, and telling you how, when, where. They produce a thing called Inside Racing, which I've got in my hand right now. And when do they ever ask you? They, you can ring them and speak to them, and, and we do from time to time. But there's not enough consultation coming back and forth. And they will say, I guarantee you, I spoke to the ATA, which is the Australian Trainers Association, or I spoke to Troll, which is the owners. But they need to ring the top leading trainers and ask and go, you know what, Gay, what do you think? Yeah. Kieran, you've won a Cox Plate. What do you think? Well, and Gareth, the there's so many great things going on in racing at the moment. So it just really surprises me that, I mean, you have a look at the King Island scenario. Yep. That, that's initiated by a group of trainers in Melbourne, led by Henry, who went and bought a heap of horses to keep the racing going over there. All the trainers bought chairs and the horses, sent the horses over to trainers over there. I spoke to David Eustace earlier this morning. He was over there, McAvoy. They were all over there. So we're trying to do wonderful things inadvertently to get this stuff organised and people are trying to make decisions on programming without involving. Yeah. I mean, we had amazing weekend. We had a great Western Cup, Paul Prushka. We had a Camperdown Cup on the weekend. We've had Caraca Millions. It's really an extension of Australia anyway. So I just don't understand why, as Wayne says, we don't all get together and have some input. Certainly the trainers. They don't want it. You know, why, you know why they don't? Because they, well, they, they, they don't want they don't want your opinion. It's, so, a, it's as simple so I'll as put that. The they administration hat on then. So you're running Race of Victoria, or yep. you're um, or Mooney Valley, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and you're looking at the stats, turnover, crowds, etc. You think making the move for the betterment of racing to fund it with your revenue streams will be better to push back that Cox Plate. No, I'm, I'm not saying to push it. But you'd say I'm, no, just I'm, saying yeah, that yeah. that's what they that's yeah. why they want to propose it. That's what yeah. they're saying. Mm -hmm. So. From an administrator, you've worked in business and successful in marketing. Yep. When do you make that decision where you go, well, I understand what the participants are saying. It's a bit like the Sandown case, but I need to make a bold decision and a brave decision because I think this will be better off for the game. Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's fine to do that on yeah. the basis that you've got everybody involved they don't and ask. had their no input. One, no one asked, about, asked. So, hey, yeah. no one asked I mean, about the inner track at Caulfield. They don't ask because yeah. they don't want our opinions. So, All I know is... The trainers, the horses, the jockeys, the vets, and more importantly, the stable staff put the show on six days a week, seven days a week, depending. Yeah. Sometimes night meetings, day meetings, they're traveling all the way around Victoria, the float drivers. We need to, we need to take into consideration the basis of putting the show on. From and, a, and, and the rest of it looks after itself yeah. if that's the case. From a marketing point of view, you're one of the great advertisers this country's ever produced. Would you say that um, you'll get more people, more people betting on a Cox Plate in the latter part of the year? Or do you think racing owns the period that it that it well, that it's, it's owned it, for? It for clearly decades? owns. I mean, from a Victorian perspective, it clearly owns that spring scenario. Caulfield Guineas is day South, one. Correct. It's day one. And Sydney have got involved and they're trying to spark up. And again, as I've said, from an owner's perspective, I don't mind that. Because well, because it gives us an it gives us an opportunity to go from from yeah. Sydney or Melbourne, maybe not always race against the best horses in one race, so we get an opportunity to get a better return. Correct. So that's great. So I mean, all I say is get everybody involved. You know, it's two thousand and twenty three. Gee, we don't so need. What's to be the bottom line? 
Should we move it? Should we change it? What should I wouldn't we do be moving it? it. I wouldn't be moving it unless all the trainers sat back and said, we agree with this process. This is going to suit what we're going to do. It'll enable us to put a better show on. And if that's not the case, you can't move it. Yeah. I would say leave it. If it ain't broken, don't fix it. I And what I would also say is we need a mechanism. If it doesn't work, to do go that quick and put it back where yep. it was because we always love this little let's have a trial, but I want to go one step further here. I want to go one step further than all this conversation. It's a Waitley movement. That's what they call yeah. it. Well, I, I, I heard Jared Waitley talking about. I can't believe you're disagreeing with Jared. I heard Jared Waitley talk. Yeah, I, I am. I heard him talking about Boxing Day should start at lunchtime. Yeah, the Boxing Day test start at lunchtime. It's probably got some legs in it in some respects. I would never argue with a great man, no, no. But, I, but, <laughs> but hang on, I, I want to go one step further than yeah. should we move the Cox Plate. I want to see Mooney Valley Race Club and the VRC join forces, cut a heap of um, money out of the middle the middle of it. We are three kilometres apart. Melbourne Racing Club have Caulfield, they have Sandown, they have Mooney Valley, uh, they have Mornington, yep. Mornington, Sandown, Caulfield. They've now got two tracks at Sandown. They've got two tracks coming up at Caulfield. Flemington and Mooney Valley need to join that forces. That won't happen. Did you listen well, to Michael? Well, we say that I won't know. happen. But, but you know what? The, the, the overkill and the double up we've got, four kilometres apart, it's yeah. nuts for and an can industry. Can you imagine the kids going to the races if they put a water slide between Mornington and uh, between Mornington, between <laughs> Mooney Valley and Flemington? Yeah. Big one in the middle and you could slide down both ways yeah. in. It'd be unbelievable. We, we, we all laugh, but in all seriousness, why do we have all of this extra infrastructure that we uh, that we don't it's, actually need? It's like, say, Michael Brown made that point. He says, I'm not really worried about Valani's regarding taking on the Cox Plate. I'm more worried about my um, colleagues down the road in the VRC. who well, have been, forces. Yeah, who let's have been open forces. that they want to make the, the champion stakes the Cox Plate. Um, that's why they moved it to that final day. So it's an interesting debate to have. Join the feedback force. still was that the Cox Plate rated one of the best races in the world, It's right? our best race. Yeah, yeah so, so with that being the case, how do those horses go on to Japan and Hong Kong? Well, they don't. Well, they they don't. But then, do we, but then it's come up as one of the best. Do we move it? Yeah, it doesn't. Because you'll have to rule a few of the Japanese. I know they didn't arrive this year, but they can't go back for the Japan Cup and... Um, the Kinnan race that's yeah, But they so might popular. be good enough for the Japan Cup anyway, yeah. so this is their, their yeah. B-grade yeah. race. I mean, I'm more, I'm more talking about our, us putting our horses on show around the world that are good enough. You yeah. know? Like, if you do push it back, you definitely can't go to Japan and you definitely can't go to Hong Kong. We'll take the news and we'll come back with plenty more. We've got the Tim, Tommy Berry situation to have a chat about, the curiosity. We might discuss rapid racing, the oh no, the legacy, and of course we've got to get our top five regarding our predictions about who will be the star gallopers this autumn slash summer. This is the means test on the Giddy Up. You're with Gary. This is the means test. I'll get to your text message in just a moment. 0499 736 736. Let's go through our other categories here and we'll um, head straight to the penalty. Tom Berry, he's on a stay of proceedings, but he was given basically 12 months disqualification um, for his mother accepting a sling after he passed on his mother's phone number to a butcher who was a punter that won a little bit of money on Tommy's rides after Tommy tipped to the butcher, um, Johnny O'Neill. And then, of course, he had his sister-in-law and um, who was suspended for a couple of months. And there was also um, another jockey, Jack Martin, that was suspended as well. For They actually received slings from the professional punter, Jacob Hoffman. So, um, Kayla Nisbet got a two-month ban and Martin received a four-month ban and a one-week disqualification. 
What did you make of all of that, Johnny? I think Tommy's a terrific young man. He's a wonderful rider. If he's broken the rules, he's got to do his time. We're very forgiving of elite sports people. Um, in Australia, it's, um, you know, it's something that Australians, you know, we, we obviously will support Tommy through the tough times. But at the end of the day, if he's been found guilty, what I don't understand, if he has been found guilty, and that's what the position is, and he's been giving his time, how do you ride on a stay? I don't get it. Well, he says he's, he's, he's well, going to fight. You, 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 you got so, appeals, so he's going to keep fighting it. Yeah. Okay. okay, well, if that's the case, that's fair enough. I really like Tommy. He's a great rider, a good fella. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if you're breaking the rules, do your time and, and then get back and, and get, get back into it again. You, you know what? Um, the Hawks family are really close to Tommy Berry. What have you made of all of this? It's Tommy's, Tommy's birthday last Saturday. Yeah, happy birthday, Tommy. It was Tommy's birthday last Saturday. Well... I'm not disagreeing with what Johnny said. If you've done the uh, done the crime, you certainly need to do the time. It all goes. It all. Goes, Tommy didn't bet, so should we let jockeys bet? Now, J Mac Stern, did Damien Oliver get time for? You did. Right now, Jimmy Tom. Cassidy. Yep. I mean, I mean, you're talking the elite top end. Yeah. So, yeah. has a jockey ever had a bet? Well. Some would have to. Would have stewards have had a bet? Would it would a handicapper have had a bet? I mean, where does it start and where does it finish? And and, and we need to be ethical about whatever we whatever we do. Yeah. But does it move Tommy aside for ten seconds? Should we should we allow jockeys to bet? You as a punter, if you've had five hundred five hundred each way, Johnny, and it comes across, you know, two minutes before when they're cantering the gates, going, um, jockey T Berry's had a uh, thousand on Mask Crusader the win. Got to give you a bit more confidence, doesn't as long, it? As long as he didn't have a thousand on Cool and Getter against Mask Crusader, and he was riding Mask yeah. Crusader, so I think that's where the challenge is. Of right? course. So I think in those instances, I think the rules are pretty clear. They shouldn't be able to bet. The challenge for us, though, you know, with you know, yeah, but, with, but with the slings and stuff, like if 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 Tommy Berry's riding a horse that I've got, and I give him a call, and he galloped it on Tuesday, and it's going really well, and yep. I say like, I want to have lunch with you on Friday and have a chat about what you think about the horse. And he says, oh, look, you know, your horse is going really well. And I, and I say to Tommy, okay, well, you know, if it's six to one, I'm going to have a couple of thousand on it for you. All the best. Am I allowed to do that? I don't know. And I mean, no, if you're an owner, you can sling. But you if, can. You're not a, if you're not an owner, you can't sling. Yeah, right. Unless okay. you get permission from the stewards. So yeah. is that, is it, as an owner, you can sling? Yes. But as yeah. a non-owner, you can't? can't. No. Okay. Oh, well, you, well, you can... You can ask it's all grey though, is it? You say, well, I'm not in the book. I can ring Mr. Murray if he was a steward. I'm not in the book. Oh, Mr. Steer, I'm not in the race book, but my wife owns this horse. She's in that yeah. girls' syndicate. Yeah. Um, we won some money on it. Can I sling the jockey? Um, it'll it's quite interesting. Yeah, I'll pass it on. Up, so, yeah, and then they make the decision whether they can do that or not. Yeah. I mean, I just think at the end of the day, the rules are pretty clear. I, I don't think jockeys should be able to bet because I think in that instance, but the other two, Kayla Nisbet and um, Jack Martin, got um... they received the sling. <laughs> they didn't go through their mothers at all. Yeah, yeah and they got uh, almost nothing. So I yeah. mean, the always remember Terry Bailey saying, "There's only one rule book, Mister Hawks, and everything's the same." But is it? I'm not sure. Yeah. So I reckon he'll appeal and get that. He'll have to get when you have a look at the other penalties from Martin is, but he he won't get twelve months. He might get that half, I reckon. Yeah, but they, but but when it, when it, when it suits, they love using the line. Oh, that doesn't matter. Like in a steward in a steward's room inquiry, yeah. if there was a uh, a protest, I can't bring in the uh, the animo protest in the Cox Plater two years ago because they shut you down. So stop. That has nothing to do with this case. Yeah, I, I, so. and I think gee, like everyone's going to have a, a strong opinion on this. The punters are going to have a strong opinion. Be mindful. A lot of the punters and owners have been cheering Tommy at 100 miles an hour every time he's got up yeah. for them. Or So the thing is that 
I, I would be more concerned about Tommy and the other two that in question around, around their mental health. It's really important. Yeah. Like Tommy's a respectable young guy, beautiful wife, good kids. As I said, Hawksy, you know him better than, than I do, but like at the end of the day, he's now, you know, put to question in front of the public. His integrity. That's his integrity. He's and, yeah. and this is the point. He's right? not a so, crook, Tommy. He was no, naive, he's a terrific he's guy. not a crook. No. So I think in that instance, no. we need to make sure that there's and good yet, support around him, no matter what happens. You, you know, you know, it's amazing. Whenever they get caught, the jockeys, it's never, it's never career ending from a beautiful dollars and cents point of view of, uh, I can just retire because yeah. I've, I've earned that much money. Well, it's always, it's always, it's always a small amount. And then you look at, look at what it's going to cost Tommy because yes, do I know Tommy? Yes, I do. Was Michael with him, my brother on Saturday night for, uh, for his birthday dinner? Yes, he was. He's a personal family friend, but Tommy's never done anything for money. He's never worried about a dollar. I mean, genuinely, he's never, ever thought about it from a dollars and cents point of view ever. Yeah. But has he done the wrong thing? Well, the rules the rule state that he uh, that he certainly has. Yeah, he's a multi as well, Tommy. Like well, he, he is. Needs a 10, it's, but, that's, but that's not hard to say because no. he is a multi-millionaire. Um, it's as simple as that. We'll take a quick break. Oh, no, coming up next. We'll get to your text messages as well. You've got to feel for J-Mac if you went to the like the Coogee pub. All the punters. I'm going to buy you a drink, Jack. He owns the Coogee pub probably by now. Don't, don't buy me a drink. <laughs> <laughs> Under no circumstances. Yeah, yeah. Take a break and come back with more straight after this. Oh, no. See you walking around like it's a funeral. All right, then. Oh, no. This is the most popular segment in racing these days. 0499 736 A host of text messages coming through, so I promise I'll get to them before we shut up shop here. On Giddy Up, my oh no, um, poor old Ryan Elliott was on Legato, that filly there, that three-year-old crack of millions race, drawn barrier one. Um, he just didn't know what he was doing. Um, he went he went forward and then he thought, oh, I'm going to go back. Um, he was got confused. What was Ryan, his name? Ryan Elliott. He made Did him, you say that if it was J-Mac? Yes. Would, you would. 100%. Good. I'm going to hold you to that. Yeah, J-Mac would never. Did you see that? What do you mean would I never? What do you mean would he never? He would never do what Ryan what? Elliott did, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Did you see? It was like, I, I felt sorry for Ryan. <laughs> yeah, I did too. Barrier did one too. confused him and he didn't want to get held up, but sometimes you just got to take your medicine, don't you? Sometimes you do. Yeah. Sometimes uh, you do. I'll wait for Johnny for, for last. <laughs> um, Wayne, oh no. Well, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, we have rapid racing at Flemington on a Friday. Friday afternoon, it just yeah. gets lost. Why have we got the best race course in the country? And you know what? Someone tell me that I'm wrong here because I'm not. We've got the best race course in the country having a Friday afternoon meet. And then on Saturday, we go to Mooney Valley. Now, let's get fair to I don't care what anyone says. And you know what? It must be changed for next year. Yeah. Flemington should not have a substandard meeting run with those horses. Now, people are going to boo-hoo me for saying that, but the bottom line is this. The best horses should be running at Flemington. The smallest trainer, the smallest owner can have runners and winners at Flemington. Yeah. So all the small guys, get off your high horse. The bottom line is best horses at Flemington. Mooney Valley is not Flemington. So we need to swap the Friday and the Saturday round for next year and have the better meeting on the Saturday at Flemington where the better turnover is because we all know it's all about turnover. But that's a, it's a, it's that, a, is, a that, put, that is a seriously shocking yeah, but they put this that, year. they put that VRC, put that on because they wanted to try something a little bit different. Well, it, it's failing. Yep. It's failing. And then, you know what, RVL can still come over the top and say, no, it needs to be swap around. Yep. The Friday night, it can be your rapid racing if that's what you want to do. You can run all 955s at Mooney Valley. Maybe Mooney Valley don't like that concept. But 
run them all on Mooney Valley over 955s and, and have the That's, fastest horse of the night wins a I would run golden four, horseshoe. I would run four rapid racing meetings a year. I'd do them every, every quarter yep. in amongst the different seasons and I'd make them exclusively for trainers outside of the metropolitan area or outside of the trainers that are in the, the top 10 um, in, in, in the winning cycle. Mm-hmm. I would make all the races $125,000 and I would give all the country trainers from external opportunities to race against each other in town for really so good don't money. Don't they do that That's at, what I would do. Randwick on every Saturday? They do. They yeah. do. do you, know, you know what the problem with that is though? Do it to the jockeys as well. Don't let J-Mac and Tommy yep, Berry and those guys too. ride. But you know why they don't? Why? Turnover. Yeah. They yeah. want J-Mac and Tommy Berry. I yeah. reckon if you're going to have the bush horses, the bush that, owners right? and the bush trainers, you should care. No, because the if bush jockeys have, have got those hunt. They've got, they got to ride in other hang parts. On, hang on, hang on, hang on. No, 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 no. If they're going to come to town and what Johnny just said, ride for hundred and twenty grand, $130,000 races, let me tell you something. They will they'll be do there. It. No, they'll, they'll do they'll it. They'll do it. They've got full books. But st- but yeah, I just think we need, to, we we need, need to be focusing on, on getting a better return yeah. for the external country trainers that can't compete. Correct. We just can't. Your own age, Johnny? Well, I have a couple. Yeah. One's an oh-no for me, yeah. to be honest. I made a very big mistake. It was just disastrous performance by myself. Freeman's had a horse <laughs> called Unflinching mm-hmm. that went around in race two at... Mooney Valley with uh, a lovely young apprentice on it riding first time in town. And I just thought, this is just going to be a disaster here. This is a mad charging leading yeah. thing. She won't be able to hold it. Sure enough, it missed the start. She rode it beautifully. I didn't have a dollar on it. It was just a, be- it was like a J-Mac ride. Yeah. So congratulations to, I think it's Amy, is it? Amy yes. McLucas? Yep. So congratulations to her and good on, uh, Sammy Freeman for uh, for giving her an opportunity. So that's a no, yes. That's that's a well, it's a no no for me because yes. I'm an idiot. I should have backed it. But I will say my own no for this week is Jai McNeil's ride on a horse called Berry Bubbly in uh, in race three. Yes. At Mooney Valley on Saturday. I didn't see it. What do you do? Well, what you need to do, everybody, is go just have a couple of Panadol before you watch it, Oxy, because you'll get bad? an immediate migraine. Right. Yeah, it yeah. should have won by a furlong. Drew a tough gate, needed a bit of luck, went up the fence, went to the outside, just sat all the way. So, Jai, wonderful rider. It's good to have him back. It's good to have him back, but that was a no-no for me. It's good to have you back because you are the man that started the O-No segment. It was horrendous, but anyway, wonderful rider. (laughs) He's Jules Valance horse to follow too, um, the bubbly, very bubbly. Should have been Um, Tommy Berry riding. Yeah, from that Mooney Valley meeting. We'll take a quick break on the other side of we'll get through your text messages and also our five top seeds for the upcoming summer slash autumn carnivals. Only a couple more minutes before we wrap up the means test. Text messages coming through. Who's the clown on your show? There's a few of us. Who thinks Nick Ryan will improve Brave Halo? So disrespectful to Sean and Jake Casey, who are good (laughs) as trainers as there are. I don't think that was a criticism. Nick Ryan's done a really good job. Um, Casey's a terrific trainer. Time will tell. Um, I don't know if you can call someone a clown for having an opinion. Congrats to... Um, I don't understand why we haven't heard from Matty Walsh. We have on a few occasions on SEN. Um, but you know what they're going to say anyway, administrators. It's not that hard. Um, Gareth, it's the same in harness racing. As an owner of a Group 1 runner, we got nothing from the committee. No owners area, no support before or after the race. Well, harness racing needs to work on that. So it's okay for Sydney to invade on Melbourne Carnival, according to John, as it works for trainer and owners. But clubs have to consult before they are allowed to do anything. Johnny, that's from Don. Yeah, look, I think at the end of the day, the owners are putting all the money into the racing, right? And yep. and I think, you know, Sydney are being proactive in trying to drive a carnival and 
So from our perspective, if we get an opportunity and, and the guy that sort of made the comment, hopefully he's sort of invested in some horses himself, I'm sure he'd yeah. love to know that he could go to Sydney for, you know, $200,000 versus running against one of Hawksy's good ones down here or vice versa. I've got about a minute and a half. Who's going to be your um, horses to follow for the spring? I mean, the um, autumn slash summer. Well, I thought I might just do a couple of the ones that we've got. Yes. Because um, they're the ones that I know um, the most about. Cool and Gatter trialed like a jet this morning. Okay. Trolled it. Uh, trolled it. Cranburn, Jamie Carr rode it. We had a horse, a really nice horse that won a group one in New Zealand called Pier. Yes. Uh, he probably clearly should have won the, uh, the, the sprint in New Zealand. So he'll come over, uh, Chris Waller will be taking over him. So he'll come over and probably be set for the guineas. Okay. Maybe the Doncaster, um, that lovely two year old VC that we've got. Yes. Uh, we think he's a really nice horse and, uh, we unleashed. Uh, a horse that we think again with Chris thing called Yasuki that won, uh, one last yes. week by Maurice, quite a nice horse. So we're hoping those horses can step up for us and, uh, for the guys that are looking for a nice sort of, uh, young two-year-old, there's a horse called non-disclosure by Dundeal actually. Ooh, um, okay. there you go. good down the straight. We bought him at the, at the ready to run. So there's some nice horses. All right, Hawksy, just give us one. I'm in love with F Kevin. Yeah. I've got love him. him. Love him. Well, him, him and Giga kick, but then you yeah. got white Marlin. In secret, I've got King's Gambit. Do you know? Do you know what the best part about, what about this Sulcum? is? You've left you know him out. Yeah, but four. you know, but you know what the best part about this is? We finally got some good horses in the autumn yeah. with a bit of depth. Hey, because we'll we haven't had this for a while. We'll do yeah. that next week. We'll give it plenty of time. We'll go through our top five because the digital team love a love a list. We'll do that. Hey, great to see you back, Johnny. Will you be back next Welcome Monday? Back. Certainly Welcome will, back. Welcome back. Thanks. Horses. Good on you. Three months off over Christmas. Trots life coming up next. Have a wonderful day.